all right. This is Mick Motherwell, Vocal, Vocal, Focal, the podcast. Today, I have a very special guest. District 3 Georgia State Senate candidate, Mr. Cody Smith, is on the show. Uh, I approach Cody and I says, hey, man, times like these, I think it's time to have real conversations with our leaders. Um, and this guy's campaigning. He's a candidate. He wants to be our leader, if you will. And I figured, hey, man, let's have a real conversation. Uh, what I'm trying to say is I may not agree with everything he's about to say. I may not disagree with anything he's about to say. But we're going to have a real conversation about uh, stuff that's going on, what he's running on. Uh, he's going to take some questions from social media, uh, some questions that I've made up by myself, uh, by the way, as well. Uh, and listen, I'm really excited to have him on. Thanks for listening. Again, this is Mick Motherwell. Well, vocal, local, focal with Cody Smith. Cody Smith, thank you so much for being on the show. Welcome. Cody, it's a pleasure to have you, man. I'm excited uh, just to speak with you. There's a lot of people that um, maybe know who you are, what you're doing, you know, but don't know who you are, what you're really doing. Uh, so before I go any further, before we go any further, just uh, kind of tell everybody uh, who Cody Smith is and why, why you're relevant on this show right now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you, Mike, for having me on the show. Uh, I definitely enjoy listening. I think you do a great job, and it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, Thanks. I'm, Thanks. I'm Cody Smith, obviously. You introduced me. Uh, I'm running for Georgia State Senate District 3, uh, and that, that includes Camden County, Glenn County, McIntosh, Brantley, and then like a little sliver of Tarleton County, if anyone knows where Folkston, Georgia is. So you get Folkston, uh, but you don't get the rest? What was that? You get Folkston, but you don't get the rest? But I don't get the rest. No, it's cut in half. And actually, after the census this year, that hopefully everyone has plenty of time to complete at home in quarantine, um, the the lines will completely change. You know, the census is what allocates the resources to, to the parts of the state that need it the most. Got it. The more people you have, the more people you have participating. The people that have, um, you know, the lowest or the highest poverty rates, they get the most resources. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, I sorry to cut you off, man. I just thought that was an interesting uh, thing, and people probably around here don't know about it. So, you're running for District Three, Georgia State Senate. Uh, continue. Or is that kind of it? Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, a little, a little bit about me personally. Uh, I mean, I grew up in Camden County. I graduated Camden County High School. Uh, worked in North Florida for a little bit. Moved to Washington D.C., uh, where I was able to make a little bit of money to come home and start a business. Uh, I have a small business in St. Mary's as well as Brunswick and Savannah. Uh, I employ about five people with a job. Uh, I know what it takes to budget and meet a payroll, as I've never taken a loan or funding for my venture, which which I think would be pretty helpful in a in a state a state senate position. What Absolutely. they do up there is they appropriate money, all that tax money that you pay every year at the end of the year with your with your property taxes. It all goes into this big super fund, and uh, and then your legislators figure out how to divvy it up between all different departments and programs. So I think that would come in, in, in handy. Without a doubt, uh, I'm pretty been pretty active in the community. Uh, a lot of local organizations that I support, uh, one you might be familiar with is uh, the Glow Up Suicide Prevention 5K. Uh-huh, uh, I, yeah. did it, I did it last year and the year before. I really enjoyed doing that. And I actually run that thing, believe it or not. I don't just sponsor it. I run it. <laughs> and, and, and I promise you, I'm not that athletic. So I'm, I'm definitely not first. <laughs> well, you know you know all the uh, the constituents out there that, can, that, that don't like you are going to be like, well, hey, you need to run it to a, you need to turn it to a 10K. Um. Nothing's ever good enough, right? <laughs> well, I, 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 I'm just messing around. I'm just messing. I wanted to. I wanted to catch you off guard. What was that? I apologize. I just wanted to catch you off guard. I'm just kidding around. No, no, but I meaning you are right though. People that don't agree with you, uh, they just don't agree with you, and there's nothing you really can say that that's right. I mean, not just in politics. I'm sure everyone has had a personal experience like that before. Absolutely, absolutely. Where, you know, you just cannot agree on something with somebody. Right, so we'll get into it, man, and, and just. Uh, I, you know, you grew up in Camden. Uh, high, you know, you went to high school in this town. You, you know the region. You've got a small business here. So not you, just kind of, you know, the, for me anyway, I'm, I'm acting like a blank canvas. I don't know you at all. Uh, literally, this is the first time I think we've ever spoke. But you got, uh, you went to Washington and you came back home to, to, to build the economy and build the business in Camden. I think that's a plus already, man. Um, was that well, something you... And, and actually, that was instilled in me from a teacher that I had in high school. Uh, her name was Miss, uh, Miss Baldwin, Rachel Baldwin. Uh, oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Are you familiar with her? I know her. I was a, I was a yap in high school. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, uh, when I, I was part of DECA, I was uh, uh, out of the Distributive Education Clubs of America, a lot of business and marketing stuff. 
Um, and, and with that, we had a little soiree at the end of the year where we all got together. And she told us, you know, a lot of you are going to go off to college and you're probably going to get your, you know, your big education. But um, there's one thing I want to I want to ask you to do is if you, if you end up getting a healthy education and come on back here and, uh, and invest in the town that gave you the education that got you where you are. And that, that literally always stuck with me. It was always in the back of my mind. And, and, and when it came time to try and open a business, well, one, D.C. was too expensive. The rent was outrageous. And I right. Well, it's not, just crazy. Well, I was not there, there yet. Um I decided there's nowhere else I wanted to be but home in St. Mary's, which is why I came back. Well, that was my next question was, hey, man, is that something you've always thought about? So you, you answered that. It's, you've got this um, politician thing down, I think. Uh, oh, I, don't, I don't know about that. <laughs> no, 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 man. That's, that was a, it. Listen, it was a great answer to a question I didn't ask, um, but it was, I'm sure it's on constituents' minds and, and things like that. Like, that is a, that's a big deal that, um, you know, you, you came home and, and you're paying back to the town. I mean, I again, that's a... Yeah, that's a plus already. Um, do you want to kind of just take a few seconds uh, just to kind of talk about your platform real quick before we take some questions? The questions won't be live, by the way. Um, I'm just going <laughs> to read them. Uh, but just before we get into that, any, just tell, you, tell me about your platform. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I guess to start with my platform, I probably have to start with why I got interested in running. Fine. Um, you take all the time you need. Yeah, yeah, so I, I, my, my small business is I run a CBD store. It's the, the Hemp Leaf store in St. Mary's in Brunswick. And, All right. and um, obviously, it's a cannabis-based business. And, and right now, industrial hemp, it's a legal agricultural commodity. Correct. Um, it's no different than an ear of corn or uh, a head of lettuce. But they're obviously trying to regulate it differently. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. it looks exactly like marijuana. And uh, and my problem is that they, they start to over-regulate it. Um, you know, and, and with that, that's fine, but they're having discussions about it. And the Speaker of the House, David Ralston, he was down at the uh, the College Coastal Georgia. They were having a, a rural development committee meeting in the middle of the summer. And uh, so I just went to go sit in and listen. And he showed up to give a little speech. And he gave this big, thunderous, booming um, monologue of how as long as he was in this position, uh, recreational drug use in, the, in reference to marijuana right. would, never be, would never be legal as long as he was there. Right, right. And uh, obviously you can't just get up and be like, screw you. But I definitely got my blood boiling, you know, and, and uh, it kind of sparked a little bit of a passion. I started doing some research, uh, who my elected officials in the state house were. Um, my state representative is Stephen Sains. Uh, he just got elected. Yeah. And uh, obviously, I mean, you can't expect someone to, he's done a lot in two years, actually. Don't get me wrong. But you can't expect someone to, to accomplish more than what they, what they can in two years. So correct, I figured correct. I'm not going to go after him. Why do that to him? He's a personal friend of mine. Uh, and then I started doing some more research and I found William Ligon. Uh, he had been there for 10 years. He voted against medical cannabis oil that we promised uh, I uh, remember that. back in 2015. Yes. He had a medical card. But you can't get oil in the state anywhere. Right. But they, uh, yeah, I, I remember that whole thing. Just real quick, Kyle. Put a pin in that real quick, man. I remember that just to explain some, something to the people. It was like they said, hey, we're going to have legal medical oil, cannabis oil in Georgia. And then they, what did they, just kind of ripped it right from us after that? Like... It was like a big thing that we're gonna do it, and then all of a sudden they weren't gonna do it, or you couldn't get you couldn't get the oil in the state, or something like you said, something crazy like that. Yeah, you, 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 absolutely. You still can't get it. There's nowhere producing it. Obviously, we don't have marijuana farms anywhere that's growing. Marijuana. So it's like they made it legal to do, but then they could you couldn't get oil anywhere. Right, now, and then you get arrested for possessing that oil. But you can't get it legally in the state, right. and they tried to fix that in 2000. Uh, I want to say it was 18 2018. Um, the, crazy. Uh, what's his name? John Corbett. He passed a hemp bill after, after the federal level, they passed it and they solidified that it was legal. John Corbett over in Valdosta, he, he proposed a hemp bill and it, it had some strict regulations in it, but, uh, that, that's kind of why, where I got interested is he just kept trying to restrict it to the point where you couldn't even have the smokable flower. And we're talking about industrial hemp. It doesn't right, get right. intoxicated. You don't get high. And uh, I, and I, I went through the, all the, the proper avenues, you know, calling. I tried writing my the representatives, and, and they don't one they don't really care. They already have their own agenda. Uh, and, and two, he wasn't my representative. And Stephen said, "Well, I'll talk right. to him, but I'm not on that committee." And it was just a lot of being blown off. So I, you know, that's that's why. Anyway, that's that's where my passion comes from. Uh, so William Ligon, he voted against the medical oil in 2015. Uh, the 2019. Uh, farm bill that John Corbett from Valdosta proposed, he voted against that as well. Uh, and then he voted against the medical oil. Like right now, they passed a law in 2019 to try to make good on that 2015 promise 
to start producing the marijuana to mm-hmm. produce the oil. Uh, but he voted against that as well. So he's <laughs> very anti-cannabis, been there 10 years. And um, is no he our guy? Is he who you're running against? Uh, so, you know, I'm getting there for sure. Okay, sorry. Uh, look, sorry. That's yeah, me. That's no, me. I'm just... I'm just... No, <laughs> go ahead. You're totally fine. You're totally fine. Uh, nobody had ever ran against him uh, except a Democrat in 2018. As far as Republican challenger, he sure. never had one. So that's where I was like, you know what? I think that's that's going to be the one. A lot's changed in 10 years. Sure. You know, the, the same people that elected him 10 years ago. Lots changed in 10 uh, days, brother. Yeah, the one, they're probably not even living here. Or two, there's just so, there's so, so much more diversity now. Uh, in 10 years that right. I figured I had a pretty good, decent chance. So uh, back in November, I, I announced that I was going to run against him. And um, I actually never really heard anything from him about it. Uh, I had one, I think, face-to-face with him at a Camden meet and greet back in December. Uh, but that wasn't like me and him going at it. We were just, you know, explaining our platform. Right, right. And that, and shaking shaking babies and kissing hands. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So uh, fast forward to, I want to say, the week before qualifying, so February, um, not even the week, like, like a couple of days before qualifying started, he announced he wasn't going to run for re-election. So uh, there was a good three or four months of, uh, it was just me and him, you know, David and Goliath situation, mm-hmm. and then he decided, he announced that he was going to step back, and that's honorable. I mean, after 10 years, the man's probably ready to move on to something else. Sure. You know, he, he's done it. He's done it all. So... Uh, and, so, and then the very next day, not even 24 hours later, uh, Sheila McNeil announced that she wanted to run as well. Oh, wow. Uh, so, yeah, it seemed kind of uh, planned, orchestrated. Listen, you don't uh, have to say today. it. I'll say it. You don't have to. You're being political, and I appreciate it. I'll say it. Sounds well, a little freaking well, shady to, fair, to me. I mean, she did that. She did qualify, but we haven't heard anything from her since. So, okay. you know, I don't, you know, I can't speak to that. That's on her. That's her campaign. Uh, and then, so there's a week of qualifying. It started on a Monday and ended at noon on a Friday. Um, Sheila McNeil announced, announced, and then that Monday, that following Monday, she went to go qualify, myself included. Well, that Thursday, Mr. David Sharp decided to throw his name in the in the hat as well. Uh-oh. So, uh, and that, you know, didn't announce, just kind of in the dead of night, went to go qualify, and then there was an announcement. The next so day. it doesn't sound like it's anything to do with you, Cody. It sounds to me that, like, this guy, uh, and you have to repeat his name, the one that was there for 10 years one more time? Oh, yeah, William Liggett. All right, yeah. Like, and, and, and sounds like he was just, way, he had a little bit of hold on people. He's very educated. He's a man of God. Like, there's no, I'm not, I'm not attacking his character. We sure. No, no, no. I'm not, hey, I'm absolutely, man. It just sounds like he was, he was there. Like, he, no one messed with him. Now, what you've done, again, I'll give you another plus. Uh, you, you may get some negatives later when we take these questions, but give me another plus. You ruffled feathers, man. Like you've you've you challenged them. Uh, and we're gonna get this the rest of your platform, but you you found a passion. You challenged somebody. You took it. You drove it. And look, he, first of all, he backed the hell down. Um, and that's my opinion, not anyone else's. But he he, he decided not to run. What again? We're not talking about his character here. Uh but now you got other people going, I can do it. I can do it too. And whether or not, let's say you get elected, um, this is down the road. But if you do, or if you don't, that means it doesn't matter. Someone else is new and there, there might be a change. And listen, we all know term limits, I think, should be, should definitely be in in, in effect. And it, I, I know what I'm saying is you ruffled feathers, you're making a change, and I like that about you right there. Win or lose, draw, whatever. I love that about you. Well, well, thank you, Michael. I appreciate that. And I'm glad you touched on term limits. That's actually another part of my platform. Absolutely. Cool. Uh, and obviously, it was really easy to, to push that when you got the 10-year incumbent. Um, but but even now that there's no incumbent in that position, I would still try to uphold term limits. You know, uh, I, I run my own business. That's kind of my passion. So I, I wouldn't expect myself to be up there for long, just long enough to make a change, to make a difference. Uh, someone who's not necessarily, you know, tied to these these wealthy donors that feel that feel like just because they have a lot of money to throw a certain direction, uh, they have a say, you know, they have the say so. Right. When so That's the problem of politics, right? That aren't in that tax bracket at all. I mean, they don't even come close. So I feel, I feel like it's important to have, make sure that their voice is heard as well. Uh, and term limits would have a lot to do that. You know, if, if these politicians, if, if they go into it knowing that eventually they're going to have to live under the same exact laws that they're writing for everybody else, yeah. uh, they'll be a lot more careful about, you know, how they legislate. It's funny, isn't it? honest with the people. You don't hear too many politicians say that, Cody. Um, so... Uh, cool. So continue, like, where are you at? Uh, 
So obviously you're you're for small business and you've got a lot to do there. We're going to get to questions. You've got to, obviously your industrial hemp's a passion, CBD's a passion, maybe maybe you know, uh well obviously you said medical marijuana's is it, there's there's issues there that you're ready to push. Uh what else? Uh I heard your well, I heard uh, I, I uh, read. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, yes. Uh second amendment. Uh, uh that was the next thing. Yeah. I mean, that's, I'm no, I'm sure everyone is if they know anything about me it's that and that just that comes from the the basic principle of our Second Amendment. You know, we right now a perfect example. Perfect example. We're living in a time right now where, with emergency declarations, uh, we're suspending a lot of our, our natural rights. Uh, yeah. Well, we're not. Sorry, no, our, the people that we elected are suspending a lot of our natural rights. Uh, and I think the Second Amendment is 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 very important, and we should honor the Constitution. You know, it kind of seems like it, when it's convenient, we'll just you know we'll suspend it and then bring it back. Or we'll tweak it here and we'll tweak it there, but it was pretty clear when it said the right, the right to keep and bear arms should not be infringed. Now, that that's the U.S. Constitution. There is a discrepancy between that and the Georgia Constitution. Sure, sure, sure. The, the Georgia Constitution reads, uh, the right to keep and bear arms should not be infringed, except that the General Assembly may prescribe the manner in which they're born. So, Man. you know, we're not going to infringe it, but we can, you know, we can make you get a permit. We can we can we left some leverage to kind of tweak the laws because it's in the Georgia Constitution, and I think that needs to be removed. You know, right? Um, you know, we shouldn't be able to. I mean, I understand. I, I state sovereignty is another part of my platform. You know, mm-hmm. just because it's illegal federally doesn't mean that we shouldn't be able to tweak what tailors our, to our local community. Got it. Um, but I just don't think that when it comes to the Constitution, we should be able to tweak laws that supersede the authority of the of the of the. The supreme document of the land. Sure. Hey, man, I'm um, I, you know, for all intents here, I uh, I don't re- really recognize as conservative too much. But when it comes to a more state and local level, that's where I start to think. Um, I want to say different. What I'm saying, I think uh, what Trump has done a couple times. I don't want to get into too much politics. He has given a lot more power, in my opinion, back to the states. Kind of let them deal with a lot of stuff on their own. Um, yes, sir. and I'm, I love it about him. Uh, and I, again, I, he's not a guy that I would have a beer with. I don't want to get into any more than that. Um, but I love that about him. So you're obviously, you, you understand that you, you're seeing that kind of responsibility. You're talking about state sovereignty. Uh, this is, I, again, you're getting a lot of pluses on my, on my card so far, man. But, uh, and, and the state sovereignty comes from the cannabis, uh, as a good example is sure. know, Colorado and California. Um, you know, their, their programs go against federal law, but right. as a state, they decided that's what they were going to do. That's what was best for their citizens. And, and, and you see that the federal government kind of, kind of backed off. They don't really enforce the federal laws over there because they're respecting the state sovereignty to make those decisions. For right. Themselves. And it's, it's, you know, it's cool to see. It's cool to watch. Um, you know, like I, I actually on a, in my real life work for a doctor in Florida who will not prescribe it because it's still federal law, you know, illegal. Um, so it's, there's, there's, and there's sides of the fence and he's a staunch, uh, conservative, but this, and I don't know what it is. I'm just saying there's a very, so we've talked about it a bunch. We talked about it. We might as well get into some of these questions, but we're talking about this cannabis, um, which is not what the episode's about people. That being said, it's a passion of uh, Cody's. It's definitely, it's definitely used to be a passion of mine. Um, <laughs> I don't want to incriminate myself here, but uh, 10 minutes ago is used to be. That being said, that's me. I'm a comedian, guys. I'm sorry. That's what it is. Uh, Cody, are you ready to answer some of these questions? Yeah, of course. Uh, always happy to engage with anything. <clears throat> and we'll let, you, we'll let you wrap up with a good old debate style uh you know, grab a broom, it's a mess speech before you go. But, well, um, I'm going to go through them. Uh, guys, Cody, again, just before we get into him, I'm st- I'm, I am impressed. He, this guy has been just, uh, <laughs> um, I don't even know, rapping off quotes from the Constitution, um, from the Bill of Rights, from state uh, documents, whatever. He's a smart guy, he's an intelligent guy, um, I'm not endorsing the guy yet. I'm just saying you got to listen to what he's saying and listen to the answers of these questions. I think I'm going to say it because the guy is a, po- a politician. And so he's, you know, I'm going to respect the fact that, you know, he's got a politic. But I'm going to say it. I think some people go a little nuts. I think some people, and we're going to talk about it, and I don't want him to defend himself. 
I, they look at a politician and think they got money. This this stuff costs a ton, ton of money, donations, uh, you know, whatever you got to do to get it running. Um, and then there's also legalities on which money you can use for it. Um, so before anyone thinks, you know, campaigning is, is just a gift, it's just a, something that you can do, it's, it's, it costs a lot of money. Um, and so anyone mad about him trying to make his, his name, uh, I, I disagree with you right off the rip. Um, a lot of people on your social media, they go right after cannabis, 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 go to the the guy's got a website out there. It's called, we'll get the website, um, Cody for GA Senate.com. I believe It, it talks about all the stuff that I've cut him off and not let him talk about. Get to know your, your candidate. And this guy is literally out there for you to get to know him. I texted him. I said, you want to be on a podcast? He said, sure. I'd love to. He's got the time for you and he is working hard. All right. I'm just saying, I don't care who you vote for, what your opinion is right now. I'm asking you to listen to his answers before you, you know, attack him. That's what this episode is about. It's not about being a keyboard warrior. It's not about, you know, attacking his profile pictures or any, it's none of that. This is listening. This is this guy's time. He's came on to give me some real answers. So that's, that's McMotherwell's little spiel. Welcome to the show, boys and girls. Cody, sorry about that rant. Thank you so much. No, no, I appreciate it. And like to say before you get started, like even if we don't agree on everything, uh, the whole point of politics is that we come to a compromise. You Absolutely, know, it's, it's all give and take. Um, you know, nothing would would get done if no one ever came to some sort of agreement. You so, damn right, damn right. So just know that I'm open. Even though I have my own personal beliefs, I'm open to hearing your opinion, and we can formulate a compromise. Oh, absolutely, man. I'm all about that. Let's say this is my show, not yours. Back off. Um, so I do. I did get a lot of questions online. Um, I that some of these people think you're running for president. Uh, you touched on it. You touched on Stephen. Stephen Sains. Is there, he's our state rep. Correct. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Right. Yeah, Don't Cameron. call me, sir. Um, I'm just kidding. Um. He, he's done a lot in two years, but, you know, a lot of people expect, like, again, to, I think that happens around these small towns is this guy's not going to be the president. He, he'll never even, he probably won't meet the president. You know, he might have a shot, but, you know, it's tough. Um, so a lot of the questions were, like, what are you going to do about the abortion law? And, and like, things like that. So it, it just some of the questions were hard to, like, pick out. That being said, uh, one of the first ones we talked about firearms. What are your plans to, this is, I'm quoting stuff here. What are your plans to keep firearms out of those who have been convicted of domestic violence or felonies? Yes, sir. And, and actually the, the law already says that if you're convicted of a felony or domestic uh, violence crime, you're not allowed to own firearms. So there's already a law on the books to keep guns out of people's hands. So there's now, a law. Now, if, if they're thinking from the back end, like what keeps them from, well, one, they can't go into a store. Their background check would come back right. you know, positive. They can't buy the gun. So I think what they're referring to are private sales. You know, how do you keep the, right. the firearms? How do you keep um, Joe Schmo A from selling gun to Joe Schmo B? And, and I think that's, that's, that's fuzzy. You get into infringing on the second amendment. I mean, it's your personal property. You have every right to sell it to someone. Now there are stipulations that, you know, you're responsible for what happens to that firearm if it's registered in your name or even if you first buy it. So there has to be a bill of sale. You need to make sure that person is legally allowed to own a firearm, whether you do a personal background check on your, you know, yourself, uh, you have them sign some sort of oath that helps transfer okay. liability to them. Uh, but there are, there are safeguards in place to keep people like that from actually owning a firearm already. Well, I hope that helps anybody out there. I, I mean, I didn't know that you could get people to like sign an oath and stuff to kind of help you out <laughs> if you are doing private sales. Well, I guess it is, it is what it is. Um, it's one of those fine lines, you know, uh, second amendment is the second amendment and it, you know, whether you agree with it or not. And, and you, look, we get, we get it. There's school shootings, there's mass murders, there's countries, you know, Chicago, all that. But we do, you know, the government is, do you think Cody doing what they can, you know, honestly, uh, to, to do, to, to keep it out of like, offenders like to keep it out of dangerous people so to speak's hands or is there more that they can do there or do you think that you know george is kind of doing all right there is there something else you would do or do you kind of think that that it is more private sales we need to worry about because we're doing okay as far as walking in to buy a gun 
Uh, so the only reason I can walk into a pawn shop or a gun store right now and buy a gun same day is because I have my, my carry license. I've already gone through a background check at the, at the probate court. Um, I had to go talk to Joe Sweat or, you know, Judge yeah. Sweat. And he signed off on it, and I have my carry license. Now, let's say you don't have a carry license. You don't want you want to walk into a gun store. Yeah. Uh, there's a minimum three days. Let's say well, you have to submit to a background check. Uh, if, that, if they place a hold on that, which is which is very likely to happen if you have, like, any sort of mark on your record or if there's like, you have a common name like David Smith, uh-huh. um, there's a there's a minimum three or a maximum three day hold. So you have three days for you to for the the authority that that runs through all that stuff to, to double check their their parameters to yeah. come back and say yes he can have that gun or no he can have that he can't have that gun. Right. If it takes longer than three days, they can walk out of there with that gun. So uh, Man. I, so that's I crazy. Maybe. Maybe we could expand that a little bit, you know, maybe five days, give those guys in the office some time to, to actually run. Listen, we know your stance board. on Second Amendment, but I'm letting you know right now, I think that's nuts. If it takes too long, we just have it? Uh, that's crazy. Because if I'm a hacker or someone that's splicing stuff up and, and, and copying and pasting, you know, there's every chance there's going to be a delay there. Yes, sir. So, with the sir thing again, but at least you acknowledged it, at least maybe push it a little bit. But uh, hey, man, cool, cool, cool. That's I think that's a good answer to a to a because, decent and, question. And you know, that's because I'm not against background checks. I mean, we already have laws that keep keep right. guns out of felons and domestic, you know, domestic abusers' hands. We need to make sure the people walking in there aren't felons or domestic abusers. So I, I feel like a background check makes sense. Not necessarily holding period. Like I said, I can walk in there with my permit and get it. Right, uh, right. That's fine. Yeah, I, I I think that's a good. That's fine. I like that. Well, yeah. well, I like that to a point. Oh, and this is just me, and we, we got more questions to answer, but, like, how much does that, how, how often do you have to renew that carry license? That is every, oh, gosh. Um, so, I don't want to quote the number exactly. That's I want to say five years. It's either five or seven, but it's most likely five. I, I would like to see it as someone, like, uh, who stands on the fence. Like, I like guns, but at the same time, like, I hate idiots. I would like to see that be down, like, every year. Um, I think that would be... A fair compromise but that's me that's me not you um there's another yes, one now i do want to say though yeah please we have the permit system already uh, i am advocating for permitless carry like a lot of other states that, that have that system in place that doesn't negate the fact that you need a background check it just negates the fact that you would have to have a permit because that's basically the government selling back your rights for 75 dollars a pop well don't they do that with like a passport and a driver's license i mean it's. They tell me I have to be 16 to drive. Well, it's, a, go it's, it's, not, it. it's not your. It's not your right to drive. It's your privilege to drive. Oh, that's a crazy rule of the land, isn't it? That is, I did not. I mean, that's a great answer, Cody. I'm not a tag. That's that's a crazy damn rule. Um, that's 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 pretty awesome. Um, because it is. It's taxed roads, right? Yes. Sir. Um, got it. Well, it's public roads. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you can you can travel freely. Free, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I got you. Travel. You don't have the right to drive. Right. Um, all right, so moving on from firearms, just because we got to keep it a little different. Again, I think people think you're running for president with some of these questions. Um, Joe Exotic for president. Yeah, Joe Exotic needs to be president. That's right. <laughs> um, all right, so this is like seven questions in one. And I do, like, it's it's Facebook and it's stuff like that, so people just get excited. Um, how are you going to, again, I'm going to skip that part. Can we get sidewalks or shoulders off the highway? And what are your plans on keeping our environment and population healthy? So the first question, uh, the first part of this question, Cody, is can we do a bunch of construction and pollution? And then the second question is what are you going to do about the environment and the population's health? So go ahead. Yes, sir. Um, so, I mean, construction is important. You mentioned sidewalks. I think I actually read that comment. They said, like, uh, along the roads and highways. Possibly not highways because uh, – you know, there's just, there's so much highway. Uh, and I feel like that'd be a lot, right. maybe that would take a lot of time. But uh, there's a lot of roads in Camden County specifically that don't have, uh, well, I, I mentioned Camden County. I, I have a very big district, but, you know, I'm home to Camden, and I know that, that you're based out of St. Mary's. In yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, there's, there's like, that stretch of 40. Uh, if you're riding a bike, some of that you're riding on the actual road that these, all these cars are going 45, 50 miles an hour. Yeah, I'd love a bike lane. I'd love to see it. And I know it just, it, again, it's just a ton of money. Well, yeah, and, and that would help with the ecosystem. Well, actually, no, that would help with a lot of things. One, we have a lot of people that can't afford vehicles to get around. Uh, right. that, would, that would give them some sense of security. 
where they would have a pathway that's safe for them to get to work. Uh, if they were willing to pump, you know, willing to pump the pedals to get to work, we got we got you covered. Uh, and that would take allocation of state monies. Like I said, you're already paying those taxes. Um, you write an appropriation bill to, to get a, get a project together, and you work with the Georgia Department of Transportation, and, and you address those infrastructure issues. Um, and, and also on the local level, you can you can uh, you can uh, approve a splots. You know, that's that one yeah, penny yeah, yeah. added on to, to every sale. Um, well, that actually requires a local bill to get approved. Wow. So that that would be my job on the state level is to is to, to put it or or the state rep, you know, the state rep or the senator to, to put in for a state bill okay. or a local bill. I apologize, a local bill to make sure. That I, that I understand. Gets, yeah, gets well, I guess. Yeah, not everybody understands. Not everyone's a genius like me. <clears throat> um, um, so yeah, I mean, I definitely support infrastructure. I know it's absolutely needed. Uh, right. For, for a large part of my life, I actually I I got around on bicycle, solely bicycle. I didn't get a actual. I didn't buy myself a old nineteen. Or sorry, a two thousand two Ranger until uh, late two thousand eighteen. Because I was so, going to ask. I was going to say, "All right, Cody, we all got around on a bike for most of our life." Or, but no, you no, know. <laughs> I mean, for the majority of. Well, my I got. Life, hey, you recovered. You recovered, man. Um, yeah, majority of my adult life. Like, so uh, from like eighteen to, to twenty, whenever two thousand eighteen was. This guy's been there, man. So okay. I, Obviously, you're on a bike. You're talking about, you know, hey, we, we get it. You're poor. But um, <laughs> she did touch on environmental health. Is that something you're, you're kind of, like, obviously, you're in hemp um, and not killing trees. So, the, you know, again, people are blinded sometimes. Uh, do you have any, I mean, and other environmental health that. things you've got, that you've got, you've got like building to touch materials on? and paper products and such. Uh, but uh, well, the environment, so it helps people get to work. If we were to put sidewalks along, you know, you know major, major roads like that. Uh, and also, it would help cut down some of the pollution. If people, you know, if there's too many, you know, the cars on the road, people would rather take the alternative form of transportation, but they didn't feel safe before. Now they have a safer option to to do their part to help with the, the carbon emissions. Right. Uh, and then, and then, and then, other uh, environmental projects that I take interest in. I mean, as you probably know, and everyone in our district knows, there's a giant ship sitting in the middle of the St. Simon's Sound. Yeah. Right now. You know. It's cute. Cars, oil, they're, they're, they're tearing it up, they're tearing into it. There's a Do you remember, car. Cody, how many cars were in there? Um, I want to say it was in the up, up, upwards of 300. No, I think it was like 3,000, dude. Really? Yeah. I, I think it was something like 3,000. And I think I'm guilty of the same thing you just did because I didn't want to sound like a moron. Like, honestly, I was like, no, it's like 300 cars or something. And then the news headline the came on. I was like, yeah. no, no, by the way, Michael, it's 3,000. I think it, it might even be more than that, dude. But, yeah, thousands of cars. There was a lot of vehicles. And I, I, don't, I don't know if they had gas, like full gas tanks, but they definitely had gas in them. You oh, yeah. Them on oh, yeah, man. They've got to have gas. And, oh, yeah, just crazy. Uh, well, just think of the oil that's in them. I mean, just everything. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, Fluids. So, and I think there's a lot of unclarity about who's actually, I mean, obviously, the, the ship has an insurance company that's, that's right. you know, doing a lot of the, but how much local money have we put into cleaning it up already? Uh, I, you know, on a state level, I need to make sure that we hold large corporations like that accountable and make sure we get every single last penny uh, that the taxpayers paid to help clean up their mess. Amen. So Amen to that. That's a big one for me. Uh, we have Spaceport Camden down in Camden. Uh, well, one, I don't agree with it for the environmental, you know, the environmental reason. But sure. also, I'm a Camden taxpayer. And uh, they've, they've dumped like $8 million into that already. We have nothing to show for it. They just restarted the FFA process. That's probably on hold with this whole coronavirus. Right. Uh, we're just we're bleeding money, bleeding money on that project, uh, and it's not even necessarily going to bring that many jobs. And who knows if they're going to be local? If we even have the guys capable to no, well, perform those tasks? Yeah, they'll be. Const if anything, I think I th I see maybe some construction, temporary construction contracts, but. You, I mean, there's no, there's, un, until have we have a Georgia Tech in this town, they're not going to be hiring college grads from Coastal College of Georgia. And that's no offense. I went to Valdosta State, guys. But, like, you know, there's no well, space astronauts right coming now, out of there. So I, I feel you, I feel you there. There's no astronauts coming out. Um, So, just to be uh, clear, you are against Spaceport Camden, at this point anyway. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I, pretty much every. I try when I first moved back home. You know, I people had already been dealing with it for like a year and a half. I was a huge believer. I've got to say, I was sold, man. I was so pumped about it. I'm a big space guy. Like, like I'm into that sh stuff. But, but yeah, I was a big believer. They really had fun, me. They had I, me hooked. I was, I was defending it. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no. I apologize. I was also very skeptical though, because you just start hearing everybody like, you know, we've already dumped 
well, when, back right. then it was six million dollars. Right, right. Now it's eight million dollars. You know, it's a whole other two million dollars just since I moved back home. Yeah, like the six million was cool until they asked for the other two, and then we gave it to him. It's like, whoa, whoa, what'd you do with the first six, bruh? Like that. So it was. It was like I thought I was okay with the six. Like, all right, cool. That's what it cost to invest. We're rolling this dice. But then, sure enough, it turns into eight, and we still have nothing to show for it. We don't even know if it's ours yet, right? Like, it's still not even ours. Uh, so, okay, cool. Right. So, all right, man, this is crazy. I'm, I'm in really enjoying this conversation with you. Um, I think a lot of people Thanks, in Camden will know that you uh, will appreciate that you're against that project. Um, I'm letting everybody know at this point, I, I'm against it. I was a huge fan. I love the SpaceX stuff, the Tesla stuff. I'm a big, big Big, like, I thought it was awesome it was coming to our house or our backyard. Um, but, yeah, I'm against it now, 100%. We need to get rid of those guys. And we need to make sure that um, there's, there's repercussions, right? So um, let's get into some uh, some other questions, man. There's a couple well, actually, of uh, – Go, quick, please, yeah, I, please, I man. On, uh, that's a politician right there, folk. Uh, real, real quick, Mike, do you mind if I touch on two other environmental – Oh, environmental please, no, this really is – I told you before, man, this is your show. I want you to speak, please. Thanks, man. Thank you. Please. Um, well, I mean, obviously, I said that my district includes folks in Georgia as well. And if, if you do know or if you don't know, um, there are plans of bringing a strip mining facility to right around the Okefenokee Swamp area. Oh, man. And, and there, there's a lot of concerns about whether – I mean, we, we've seen strip mining accidents over in the Midwest yeah. that have completely uh, destituted whole towns. You know, you can't live there anymore. It's unsafe. Uh, and that's right along a major waterway. Um, it's a huge, I mean, tourist attraction, uh, ecological system yeah. uh, in play there. And I feel like that'd be pretty dangerous. Now, now you do have to balance, you do have to balance what's good for the environment and what's good for the economy. And we have people and folks in that don't have jobs. Right. So I feel like if we are going to, if we are going to move forward, I've talked to people out in Folkston and they said, well, I don't really have a problem with the mine, but I am worried about the, the health of our, of our, of our ecosystem. Of I, I would I'd probably put some strict environmental regulations, you know, no, not within a certain amount of feet of, of this or that. You know, I would have to do, I look more at a hydrology study before I, I make anything too. Of course. Yeah, man. That's, seen that's smart thinking. That's definitely smart thinking. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. but I mean, that definitely needs to be regulated if they're going to move forward with that. And then also this landfill in Brantley. And I've talked to a lot of people in Brantley and they don't care about those jobs. They don't want that landfill. And it's not necessarily about, you know, even if it's good for the economy, let's say they're going to get a bunch of money from all these dumping fees and all that. Yeah. If the people in Brantley don't want it, then I don't want it. And, and that's that's the most important thing. Is it's about the people, not about you know the big corporate interests that are that, are, that, that I guarantee you have lobbyists up in Atlanta. Well, not right now with the virus, but had lobbyists up in Atlanta working on those politicians. I went up I went up there with the Camden Chamber about uh, right before qualifying, probably early February. Yeah. And uh, we were we were made we were waiting to meet with this uh, this representative that had some legislation that the chamber was interested in. Uh, and while we were waiting, the door opened up to to let the people out of that room. I counted at least 20, 25 lobbyists that identified by this little yellow Goodness. ID badge. Not a single constituent was in that room. It was all special interests. And that's that's sadly and unfortunately how our government works, you know, nowadays. Have um all right, so I'm gonna ask, have you uh, obviously got some support around the community? Again, I'm sorry, I'm from Camden guys, and so I was kind of focused on Camden. Cody's he's a district guy, man, and he's got another thing to say about environment, but he's, he cares about all of us. Um and you know, Folkston is you know, for lack of a better word, it's teeny tiny and it's 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 forgettable. Um, but you know, this guy here does not forget about Folkston, so good for that. You've, you talk it's about small town rural Georgia, and there's a lot of that in my district. There's a you know, ton we, of it. we live That's in some right. of the more populated areas, but uh, as far as landmass, a lot of it's actually very rural, and it's not as densely populated. Yeah, Waycross, yeah. folks, or you know, Ware County, and, and folks. Are, yeah, it, it's. I mean, Brunswick as well, and yeah, like you said. Um, have you taken any crazy donations? I mean, there's somebody that like. Is there? Do you have any? Special interest lobbyists or anybody that's given you some, I don't want to say cash, but like, the, the, no. that's, that's, that's yeah, rode, no, rode the wave with you? I'll tell you the biggest donation that I've gotten has been $500. I've only gotten one of those. And, uh, and it was from a gentleman that owns a small business out in Woodbine that was, uh, he was, he, you know, supported me on the medical cannabis or the, you know, the cannabis sure. in general. And uh, he just really appreciated that I was putting myself out there. Uh, it was back when I put out a post saying, like, oh, hey, I gave out my last sign. I need just a little bit of money to, because again, I'm running a conservative campaign. I'm not trying to cozy up these people to have a lot of money. So I didn't really do a lot of asking for money. 
Right. I, uh, you know, I have a small business. I, I invested in myself. Uh, you know, I bought like a couple signs. That I, I again, someone took. I, well, I didn't tell you this. I told someone this last night. But when I first got started, someone said you need at least a hundred thousand dollars to be relevant. And I said you're wrong, and I'm proving you wrong. I've heard it before. Um, I actually had a buddy uh, named uh, Stuart Sullivan who was working very close with Miss Rachel Baldwin. This was back in like 2004 or five, and he had to drop out because it was it was just too expensive. He, he he couldn't compete with people in you know rich you know rich neighborhoods and things like that. It was just a real tough thing for him. So, well, do you, do you want to know what the max personal donation per individual is? Let's say Michael yeah. wanted to give me some money. Sure. Yeah, the max you can personally give me is $2,800. That's a lot of money. Yeah, that's a ton of money. That's a lot of money. You can so buy a lot of signs and do a lot of damage with 2800 bucks. And for a lot of people that live on St. Simon's Island or Sea Island or yeah. you know, in some of those more ritzy communities, that's nothing to them. They'll write you a $2,800 check without even blinking. That's crazy. Yeah, So, but but those are not my supporters. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. All right, so... This uh, this guy um, lit you up on social media. Uh, just lit you up with questions. So I'm going to read a couple of them. I don't know if they're relevant. I'm actually just... I did some research on you, but I'm just picking some of these out. Uh, and I don't know if it's, a, if it's even a thing that you're aware of. What is your stance on food insecurity for Camden and all of Georgia? Now, I don't know if that's relevant to Corona or what. I... Is there a food shortage in this in this state? How, what's the poverty like level in this state? Is like I felt like we were doing pretty good. Well, well, there are what, what are called food deserts, and what that is is that if there's like a certain amount of distance between like certain areas or certain neighborhoods from an actual grocery store. Okay, and, and you got to think a lot of our rural or not even not not even our rural communities, all of our communities don't have public transportation. So if someone doesn't have a vehicle, if they're so far away from a grocery store. I mean, it can be hard for them to get food. So is that so what food that, insecurity that's, that's is? Insecurity. I'm an uh, ignorant. I'm an ignorant jerk. I didn't know that that was a thing. So okay, what are your what's your stance on food insecurity, Cody? <laughs> I should yeah, edit so, that last so, three minutes out. Well, I guess we're just trying to define insecurity. I feel like that would be considered insecurity. Okay. Um, not having enough money for food. You know, that's unfortunate as well. We do have SNAP programs. That, I mean, they do offer actually a lot of money. I well, that's kind of what I was, I was I, on my mind. I'm, I'm ignorant to it, but I feel like they're, they're offered essentials. Um, I know that word's being thrown around right now, but I mean, you know, I think, the, you know, I, I love the WIC program. I, I love things that, that do help people, but there do, there is a line where people will take advantage and, and buy like fresh lobster and stuff like that. I mean, is that what... And I'm not against anybody eating good, healthy food. I mean, if that's what you choose to spend your... Whatever. You know, is, that, yeah. One, that's expensive, and that's going to eat up your food stuff. Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. It's like, I need but more, but I'm going to go and buy, buy yeah, headphones. Yeah, It's a know. thought behind it. We made an effort to make sure that they had some money for food in their, in their pockets. But also, I mean, I mean, so I, I personally, I live in the Sugar Mill neighborhood, and you may know those little duplexes right up in the front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Duplexes. Oh, There's Madison. Madison. young lady. Right around the first of the month, she comes knocking on people's doors, trying to sell her food stamp card for cash. Yeah, man. And, and I do understand. I do. Oh, I get it. it. Yo, I totally get it. But at the same time, I mean, obviously, you have food coming from somewhere if you feel comfortable enough to sell this card for like half the value in cash. Yeah, you've and, got something coming in. You cheating the system. I mean, like I said, I don't I'm know everyone's situation. That's just how it's perceived by me. And I know a lot of people that do that. You know, we live in a small community. Uh, not necessarily the wealthiest community, so you know a lot of people that receive some sort of public benefit. So when it comes to your stance, then, like, uh, just kind of touching on that, do you uh, punish there people are, like that? Like, do, like, how do, do you you put a fucking stop? I'll edit that out. Do you put a punishment? So how, go ahead. So how do we address it? Right? Is that your question? Huh? Uh, so is your question how do we address that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do we address that? Well, there's actually, believe it or not, so I can't speak for the entire district in this regard, but I'm sure they have the programs here in Glen and whatnot. But in Camden specifically, there are food ministries that collect resources from from Walmart, from all the other grocery stores that just have stuff that they can't necessarily keep on the shelf. Kind of like Tiger uh, King. What was that? Kind of like Tiger King with the meat? <laughs> yes, but probably not. Not as, as bad. I get it. But all right. Yeah, I just so wanted to make this yeah, relevant, Cody. Yeah, and, and bread and, and produce. Um, one specifically would be Ravens of Elijah Food Ministries. I was with them, uh, I want to say, last week. 
Friday, and, and with the coronavirus, they had to do things a little differently. It used to be you go in, you'd get a ticket, and you can go around and kind of shop. You get a little cart, and you know, you're interacting with people, and they're giving you a certain amount of each section, like produce, bread, meat. Oh, well, we did a drive-through at the Chamber of Commerce to help accommodate the coronavirus. You know, we were all six feet apart, wearing face masks and, and such. And, uh, but we served over 250 families with food. That's and they awesome. had a nice package. Like, we were talking, like, like two bags of meat. You got um, a bunch of grapes. You got apples, oranges, uh, bread, all sorts of things. So what we can do on a state level is, you know, not, maybe we don't necessarily bolster the SNAP program. But these, these private organizations or these, these charities are going out of their way to, to, to fill that gap in their community. Yeah. You, can, you can provide grants to them. You know, obviously, they're, awesome. they're doing the work. They're doing the Lord's work there. And they know that area better than anybody. You know, they're the ones that are the boots on the ground that can relay the information to the top. That's cool. So I feel like rather than giving it to the, the Department of Health, to, you know, they already have a SNAP program. Rather than trying to just pump a bunch of money into that, like we already do, I think we should start exploring some some private public partnerships, and I feel like that would help uh, address a big issue with the food insecurity. Because, like I said, you can go every Friday, or well, I don't know how to schedule on the coronavirus now. But I understand. You go, yeah, you yeah, can yeah, go yeah, every yeah. Friday. You can go every Friday to Ravens of Elijah Food Ministries, sign up for a ticket, and go grocery shopping and get whatever they had to offer. That's it's, awesome. It's a, actually, it's a nice I mean, that's pretty awesome. Um, all right. Uh, this is, I guess, it's well, it's not new to me. Um. I think we have way too many elementary schools for one high school, but the, the question on here is, what's your stance on overcrowded schools in Camden? Um, and then, I mean, so I, I, I went to, I've, I've went through every, I don't want to say every school in the system, well, but from elementary school to high school, I was in David L. Rayner, then yeah. I went to St. Mary's Elementary, I went to St. Mary's Middle School in the old building and the new building. I went to Camden Middle School. Now, that one's crowded. Camden Middle School needs an update for sure. Okay. Uh, and then the high school, I mean, they're expand, they're they're putting a whole expansion pack on that well, as we speak. Well, I didn't know that. So there you go, first of all. <clears throat> I do – this the guy had some follow-up questions. It was like, what is your stance of lack of available non-public school choices in rural Georgia? I think I'm going to take a stab at answering that. Like, it's private. It's private business. Why would they open where they don't think they're going to make money or have a, you know, have a student body, I think is the question there. But if you have a different answer to that, Cody, please. It, it, Actually, I, th- I think you, you pretty much hit the nail on the head. Like, it makes I mean, sense to me, right? Like, private schools, it's, it's, it's not. It's a private business entity. It's not cheap. Is. You have to apply for a crazy amount of grants. The teachers get paid, like, 80%, 70%, I think, of the public. Like, it's not that easy. So, like, I'll answer that question. Yeah, Stance yeah. on... So, like, Upwards of 40% of the state budget actually goes towards education on a state level. It's almost half of the state right. budget. Right. So why, yeah, private school, like, I mean, I get it, but well, on, no, well, no, I do get it. <laughs> I, I do get it. So, I, uh, I'm we, the comedian here. Lot, I'm sorry. No, you're fine. I watched the documentary, and uh, and what it was is, and this, is this has to do with, like, New York or something like that, but they were spending, like, $4,000, or not not 4000 It was, like, it was a ridiculous number per student at this at the public school, you know, there was a report on how much they spent per student in public school, where the tuition for the private school was actually a lot cheaper. So they were pushing for for voucher, a voucher program. Um, yeah. And that would be, let's say um, you have a mom, her, her child goes to uh, public school, but it's not necessarily working out. Well, there's this private school, and um, well, there's a voucher program. You know, all the money we're already spending on that child to go to public school, the parents cool. could opt out to to get a voucher to spend it at the private school that she wants to enroll her child in. Um, that's it. That's an idea that's been floated around. Uh, that's with, pretty with cool. Vouch- yeah. Yeah. With vouchers though, uh, it unfortunately takes money away from the public. Right. Cool. So and that's people are paying taxes. On that. There, there is student choice. I mean, the, the parent choice, I mean, where you can choose exactly what school you want your child to go to and, and the voucher would go to that school and that way they're getting the funding that they need. But it, but a private school is making that money for profit. Right. A public school is publicly ran with public funds. So Which that's, is that's taxed by people that don't even have children sometimes. So, I mean, yeah, that's kind of a, you know, there's going to be an argument there, obviously. Um, yeah. Next question from the same guy, man. He just, like I said, he rapid-fired you. <coughs> Excuse me. Something I'm not aware of. What is your stance on the child care crisis? Use that word during a coronavirus pandemic, by the way. What is your stance on the child care crisis in rural Georgia? Do you know about a crisis? Have you heard about one? Like, how do we 
I guess, fix childcare in this in this region? Well, I mean, I haven't heard about a crisis. One thing I've heard is that how expensive it is for some of these schools, and I think that comes down to lack of competition. I mean, we do have a couple got it daycares scattered throughout, but since they're the the one, you know, the one, two, three, or four daycares, and I'm speaking Scandon specifically because you know I grew up in Canada and I'm more familiar with it. Um, you know, they can charge the the price they 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 charge because they're the only people in town. All right, so man. That. So we got the two big ones coming up, and then. Uh... Then I'm going to let you get out of here. But here's the two big questions, all right? These are the ones that have been on social media a bunch. Um, And again, you're not the president, but that's just me. How do you plan to make women's health care readily available, affordable, and in particularly abortions readily available and affordable? So if we want to touch on the women's health care, I mean, so, and, and for full disclosure, I actually use the, the marketplace here in Georgia for my own private insurance. I have, uh, what is it, uh, Georgia Peach Care, or not yeah, Peach yeah, Care, yeah. Um, the, the, the one they have, like the Am Better, Am Better Peach That's it, care. yeah, yeah, that's I think, I yeah, I've yeah, yeah. seen the Peach Care floating around, you're right. Yeah, and I mean, and that's, that's still kind of pricey, that's in the, uh, it's, it's $300 for one person, that's me, that's expensive, and that's I get it, and, and, and the problem is, like, even though it's, it's slightly pricey, I mean, it's supposed to be the most affordable option, but it's kind of pricey. The problem with that insurance is that no one's actually taking it because it takes too long to get paid. Right from that from that insurance company. I work for it. I work for a doctor. We we take we take Medicaid, um, but there's certain uh, things of Medicaid. It's not even about the business. It's just it, it, you, that's a problem. The business side of the medical, like with with these these very these cheap and like go ahead. I'm I ruined it, but. It, no, is, it is a business, and people don't realize it. It's not. It's not. It's not the most easy, readily, awesome thing. So go ahead. Even though it's three hundred bucks. Right. Well. Well. Yes. So I and but that's our, that's our state. Like that's our state right. marketplace. And uh, I think we need to start holding some of these insurance companies accountable. If you want to be on our marketplace, if you want to have access to all of our, right. I say client base, but people that are coming to the state for for insurance. Uh, if you want to have access to that, then you need to you need to be paying the providers in a timely fashion to the point where they're going to want to take you. Cause right now, if I want to get it, well, for, 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 you know, living through it, I had to get a, a tooth extracted and uh, it wasn't one of those simple ones cause it was kind of hidden in the gum. Yeah. So I had to have a, 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 you know, they had to put you under, uh, well, there was no, there's no, there was no surgeon that would, would do it. Well, actually I take that back. I was gonna have to drive to Dublin or whatever, right. get an get x-ray for a consultation. Well, get a consultation. I already had an x-ray at the dentist that I had to drive to Brunswick for. So I live in Camden. I had to drive to Brunswick to use the dentist because no one in Camden took the insurance. And then I had to, um, but they said they couldn't pull it. And I was like, yes, you can. But they said, no, I can't. All so the had, while you're in that, pain. That, yeah, they had an x-ray. So I, I would have to drive all the way to Dublin for a consultation because they didn't take the x-ray. And then drive home and reschedule, you know, schedule an appointment to actually get instructed. That didn't work for me. That wasn't going to work. So I ended up having to, to, you know, pay full price at a local um, so that so is expensive. I get it. I understand the need for it. Um, and, and so I think one of the ways to overcome that is to what we already have in place, the marketplace, we can, we can put, um, regulations on the insurance company to make sure that they're paying up yeah. on time. You know, I feel like we're too lax on them. And, Absolutely. Uh, that's Especially problem. cause they got, they got such a hold on so many people. So they, they definitely need someone to push back. Um, all right, man. And, and uh, I will say, I will say, insurance companies drive up the cost of healthcare in general. Without a doubt. Um, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. And they get all they the help are, from uh, again all these special interests. Yeah, I mean they they are the special interests in a lot of times. So yes, understood. Sir. All right, so here's the one, and everybody's kind of I, I kind of waited to the end. I hope everybody listened. <laughs> but um, you got a lot of heat yesterday. Uh, that's why you're on the show, or why I reached out. You were outside Gosh. campaigning. Heaven forbid. Uh, during this time of social distancing, when you're supposed to be leading by example or being our leader or whatever, you're out campaigning and you Shel- got a lot of heat, under, dude. Sheltered under my bed, right? You got a, you got a lot of heat. So, um, I want you to pretend that I'm one of those people, and it, it just kind of like it's just again relentless savagery I saw on Facebook about this guy. They're talking about his family. They're asking, like, I mean, all kinds of, like, just going after him because he was outside campaigning. Now, do I agree with it or not? I'm not going to tell you. I don't, I don't care. I'm the host here. But, Cody, I did see you getting uh, just basically virtually raped, and I need you to just, like, how do you defend it? 
how you defend you doing being outside and and, and campaigning yesterday instead of being in, inside your house. So and, and I know it's it's social media and everyone's on it. Uh, yeah. uh, so I feel like all of us have a pretty good understanding about how these groups work. There's a moderator, there's an admin, and they're pretty much in control. You know, it's their way or the highway. Got it. Um, there's a, there's a lady that runs that booth, Maureen Booth, uh, and and her and I just uh, you know we just don't necessarily agree on a lot of our, our our viewpoints. And you know I I do I have that kind of relationship with her where we we've, we've interacted plenty of times. So when I saw her comment right off the bat. Uh, so much for social distancing, heart, heart, heart. Uh, you know, I, I deal with people like that all the time. Yeah. And, I, and it's, you know, just coming from her, I just kind of, I was like, not to be snarky, but do you see anybody around me? You know, just because I already know how she is. Yeah. And, and that's what that is. It's not for lack of respect for my constituents. It's just, I already know the type of person that I'm dealing You're with. Dealing I know, with. I know a lot about the, a lot of the people in the district. That's the thing. That's the, that's the beauty of social media and, and living in a small town is, you know, we, we so, know pretty much everybody without meeting them. Is, so as much as, like, this group with, like, 10,000 people saw, like, this, you know, I don't want to say, I mean, it was, like, 20 comments, 30 comments. Oh, it wasn't, like, a crazy frenzy. thing. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's, that's it, too. You know, 50 you comments, a maybe. In the water and but everyone wants a bite. For every, for every 50 of those crazy, like, you're a, you're a butthead comment, um, you're telling me that you've got, like, you know, 100 other people that are saying, oh, we get it. That makes oh, sense. Yeah, people, people message me privately like, yo, you shouldn't be arguing with her, but we totally understand. Well, I or, see, that was my next question. Like, do you think you should really be engaging that kind of stuff? Well, so so she did set a trap. I walked right into it. But my right. thing as well is, is if I didn't respond, one, it would have piled up with a bunch of... With, yeah, 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 well, because, exactly. Because she gave me a false illusion that I was setting up. Well, one, we have this, you know, stay six feet away from people, don't have public gatherings. She was trying to allude to the fact that I was having this giant public gathering. Right. When in reality, like you were burning. Reality, I'm either standing on top of my truck or inside my vehicle on the side of the road as people are passing by, like waving at the people already outside. Yeah, these are the same people that were like crying when the teachers did a parade. The teachers, and I'm, I don't care where you're at on this, Cody. The teachers encouraged all these kids to gather in groups and come outside so they could do a parade yesterday. I think that was ridiculous. And everyone praising that was also giving you crap for standing on a street corner and waving at cars. <laughs> like, And I just chalk it up to the mom mentality. So, um, again, I, I, I follow a lot of people that are that are in that group. Um, a lot, I, And I look at the people that were commenting and, and liking your stuff. A lot of them are either li- liberal-leaning, uh, sure. which, you know, they're going to attack me because I'm a conservative. Like, we just, you know, the, yeah. that's their thing. Uh, probably have never voted in a Republican primary in their life. And right. That's where I'm at. I need to win the Republican primary to even be a thought. <laughs> November. They've gotten no clue. A lot of people will be voting. That's where you can pick your, your Democrat and your Republican. And, your, you know, you have options. Right. For, for me to be on that ballot, I need to, I'm going up against three Republicans. So I need, I need Republican voters in the Republican primary. So, so one, it is exhausting going back and forth with people that are never, would never consider voting. Right. And in, in but general, I, I, I do feel like to a point I had to defend my honor. If you're going to call me a liar, uh, if you're going to insinuate that, I, that I'm threatening the, the public health by being out, uh, I am going to address it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I could have had a little bit more tact, but like I said, I do know Maureen, and I was kind of, kind of fed up. Like, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a stressful Understood. time we're all living in. Understood, man. Well, hey, man, you you've stuck around for a while. I didn't I, I didn't know it was going to go this long. I really really appreciate it, man. I'm going to get out of here, but before we do that, man, I want you to just. This is the end of the end of the debate. Give them what you got, man. Tell everybody why they should hey. vote for you and what you're doing, and, and go for it until you're done. I won't say a word. Let me see. Let, let me see that room. I'm gonna sweep this up. Hey, man, go. Uh, my name's Cody Smith. I'm running for Georgia State Senate District Three. There's a Republican primary on May 19th. I need Republican voters that vote in the Republican primary to vote for Cody Smith. Um, early voting begins April 27th. The Secretary of State is mailing out absentee ballot. Uh, applications, not the actual ballot themselves, and that's important, actually. Uh, applications to every registered voter, every registered voter in Georgia. So you're going to get an application, you fill it out, you send it back, and then they're going to send you the ballot. And uh, so you don't have to go to the polls. Now, a lot of people don't necessarily trust the mail-in ballots. You know, last understood. Yep. With Stacey Abrams and Kemp, there was a big deal about you know voter fraud and all yeah, that. Absolutely. So I, I actually feel like a lot of people are still going to show up on voting day to vote. Um, however, you vote. Just make sure make sure you do vote, whether it's Republican or Democrat or whatever. Make sure you vote. It's your right. Um, 
but specifically vote for me. <laughs> All right, guys, um, I'm gonna tell you, I Cody, I'm gonna let you know right now. I'm kind of. Man, I've got this podcast going. I'm trying to be cool. I was kind of hoping you were a dick. Um, but you weren't. I mean, I have a smart mouth. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> oh, no, I'm fine with that. I just kind of hoped like we disagreed more. I thought you were fantastic, man. I am getting off of this thing. Guys, thanks for listening. That is Cody, Cody Smith, running for District 3, Georgia State Senate. Go out and make sure. Listen, he didn't. he did say vote for him. But he did say vote. This is your duty, guys. If you are a Republican listener, go vote and vote for Cody Smith, all right?